Go. Yeah. Oh, you have Go. to say action. Action. I'm a star. Um. Now this week you're a star. You were a vampire mm-hmm. last week, and now you're a star. <laughs> Welcome to Paranerds Podcast. My name's Jesse. I'm an actor. And I'm Erica, and I am really boring, so I'm going to say ghost host till I die. <laughs> okay. Um, Dear David is the worst. Yeah. Um, I'm still not sleeping. I just wish I could forget. What's that movie where they have, like, that thing where you go in and it's, like, therapy, but you forget everything? Is that Total Recall? I think so. No, when you when you said that, I thought you were going to say, like, those things in Men in Black where they just click it. Well, yeah, that'll your work. your memory goes. Sure. I just want to forget, dear David. I hate it so much. Yeah. And I um, was looking up Adam Ellis. He has a movie deal. So we're getting a Dear David movie, which I am not going to watch. And he said, uh, apparently he's getting a lot of hate mail. Because um, uh, <laughs> I'm going to make you watch it for one. I'm going to clockwork orange you and like no. <laughs> have your eyelids taped up. Oh, please. No. Yeah. It's, it's a friendship bonding thing. Like I'm we need to watch it together. Movies. Oh, I guess. Well, it can't get any more terrifying. Than it can't the real be worse images. than the fourth kind. Yeah. Well, yeah. that. Well, and the, it, I looked at all these real images that were real well maybe faked but you know that's inconclusive it's true but he said you wouldn't believe the number of angry emails i get from moms telling me i've given their kids nightmares and i should be ashamed of myself (laughs) i mean i would kind of take that as like a hell yeah yeah (laughs) i did that that's weren't we um the blair witch project creators also got a ton of hate mail Oh, yeah. I'm sure they probably got death threats from they people did. thinking, like, oh, you actually hurt these actors. Well, kind of did. Not too bad. They agreed to it. They're they, still alive. Seen, well, they, what the ad that the producers put out that was like, this is a very intense, like in all caps, intense experience. Like, you will be like uncomfortable for many days. Wasn't that one of those movies where they said that people were actually fainting and throwing up? No. No, I think the worst worst thing that... Maybe The Omen? The Omen or The Exorcist, probably. Well, The Omen, people died. Like, three people died in car crashes while it was filming or something. Yeah, that... Yeah. No, there's a lot of, like, wild backstory to the creation of that poltergeist, too. Oh my god. Yeah, your your voice just went like, like oh really? You, that last sentence, it was like oh, that like <laughs> no, it got like guttural, like you just your microphone just got possessed. Oh well, either it's possession or my sinuses are just really off. No, <laughs> well, <clears throat> I don't know. It sounded evil. <laughs> I hope that your microphone picked that up and it wasn't just me hearing that. Well, you're editing, so we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> You want me to kick off with a small story? Yeah. Do, do How many do you have? Um, I have two small stories. One at the beginning and one for the end. Okay, sick. Okay. For this episode, I decided to go into... um, I guess you would call it vampiric lore from other countries. 
I really hope you didn't do my story. <laughs> this is this is part of the surprise, I guess. Oh no. Uh, is, is this one from the Philippines? No. Okay. Good. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, from the Philippines, and I hope I'm not going to completely butcher the name of this entity, but it's called the Mananangal. Mananangal. Yes, Mananangal. Have you heard of it? No. If you were to, if someone just said that word, what would you think that means? Mananangal. Yeah. Well, let's spell it. M A N A N A N G G A L. Oh. Mananangal. Yeah. I have no idea. I don't speak Filipino. <laughs> Me either. <laughs> well, this creature is popular in the western provinces of the Philippines. It comes, the word comes from the Tagalog word tangal, meaning to split. To split? To split. And I honestly, I think this is a really sick D&D character, which is half the reason I picked it, because I know you would appreciate it. It is a hideous vampire-like creature that looks like a disgusting, hideous woman. <gasps> Ew. It, yeah, but here's the fun part. <laughs> to split, it has the ability to sever its upper torso from its lower torso <gasps> and sprout huge wings that resemble bat wings. What the fuck? Which, <laughs> which it uses to fly through the sky and search for its next victim. Oh my god, I was not expecting any of that. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I found this last night and I was like, yes. <laughs> nah, 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 oh, <laughs> when I love her. Oh, she's even better because <laughs> when the upper torso lifts from the ground with the connected wings, its intestines trail behind. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Legend has it that this monster preys on people sleeping, couples in love, newlyweds and pregnant women and then oh. sucks the heart of fetuses and blood oh. of victims with its elongated tongue oh my god oh my god <laughs> i'm not even done <laughs> when the monster chooses to prey on men it can appear as a beautiful woman it will lure the men to a private place and eat them alive, feasting on their stomachs, hearts, and livers. Oh my god. Well, don't we all want to feast on men's stomachs, hearts, and livers sometimes? I mean, maybe that's why this creature is so close to my heart now. <laughs> it can be killed by sprinkling salt or putting crushed garlic on its severed lower torso that remains still and motionless once separated. Oh my god. But I'm thinking, like, I guess if that's part of your culture, you're just always going to have crushed garlic ready because you're expecting this to happen. But just, I imagine when the top part lifts off, the the <laughs> legs just drop. Oh, I have to sneeze again. Oh, bless you. Okay. I thought that was an excited um, noise. <laughs> yeah, that's how I sound when I'm terrified. Um... So it sprouts wings, the torso flies off and trails intestines, and then the legs are just there. <laughs> they, they just drop. They're... So the only way to kill it is to find the legs and sprinkle salt on it? 
sprinkle well there's a few things you can sprinkle salt on it you can use crushed garlic you can oh. use holy water okay daggers the, the tip oh you can just stab it okay yeah vinegar spices or the tail of a stingray that can be fashioned as a whip so i guess you just whip whip the butt do people do that <laughs> is that a thing in the philippines to make whips out of stingray tails i it, it very well could be aren't they poisoned stingrays Maybe that's how you're killing the creature. Oh, that's gnarly. But, um, yeah, to, to keep the men in Angol away from your home, you can leave pots of uncooked rice, ash, or salt around the vicinity. If they spot any of those items from the roof, they may decide not to enter. They may decide not to enter. Yeah, so I guess they can look at it and be like, nah, I still want to kill him. Maybe it's like a respect thing. Like, if you put that out, that means I respect you, man and angle. So. It's almost like an offering to a god or something. Okay. so the, uh, the, I'm assuming. So, so if the if the man and, man and angle sees it, they'll be like, okay, this guy, he knows what's up. He likes me. So I'm going to go kill someone else. Yeah. Okay. Now, some believe you can turn yourself into a man and angle. <gasps> oh, yes. How? By chanting a special incantation, anointing yourself with oil, and procuring an egg that contains a black chick. Wait, how do you know it's a black chick until it's I, opened? I mean, I guess you just have to keep on trying. And Oh, that's that's awesome. Yeah. I want to do that. Okay, in my old age, like just before I die, when I'm like, I don't know, 115, right? Um, that's, I'm going to do it. I'm going to be like, instead of dying, I'm going <laughs> to... You said 115. Like, even people in those, like, Smuckers commercials don't make it to be that old. Smuckers commercials? I watched a lot of daytime TV with my grandma, okay? <laughs> I don't know. I'm going to live to 115, I think, probably. But that's how you want to spend your last year of well, life? Well, I think if I'm, like, that old, you know, I'll be like, you know what? I'm going to go out just being awesome. And scary. See, you said 115. I feel like at 80, I'm like, screw it. I'm done. I'm sick. I'm of ready this. for it. I mean, honestly, our like once we get old, because of like the prevalence of the internet now, um, we're gonna be killing it, being like 80. Like we'll be, we're gonna be 80, because we just have to sit down. Sure, like maybe our joints will won't be so great then, but just sit by a laptop. You could still have a job. You can still, like, I can do, I might as well be 80 with my job right now. <laughs> yeah. I do have to walk up two flights of stairs, but, you know, an elevator would fix that. I'm, I'm glad you liked that one. Oh I thought God. it was really cool. Man and Mangle, I love her. Now, I'm, I got my fingers crossed that your, that your deep dive isn't going to be the second story that I came up with. Well, I don't know. Um, I love this man. Actually, I hate him, but I was listening to the, um, oh, what's it called? It's You're Dead to Me. Have you heard of that podcast? No. It's by, uh, it's produced by the BBC, um, but it's really good. They just do like hour long segments where they pick something in history and they just kind of like chat about it. And, uh, it's really interesting and funny. And they were talking about the history of vampires and, uh, the first documented story about something that was vampiric is what I did. Is that what you did? Not at all. All right, sick. And I think the best thing about this guy is his name is Johannes 
Cuntius. <laughs> really? And he lives up to his name. He is a giant cunt. How do you spell it? Exactly how you think. Cuntius. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I thought it would be like K. Nope. C-U-N-T-I-U-S. That sounds like if you're making fun of someone in middle school. <laughs> Johannes Yeah, Cuntius. Cuntius. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And he's he's just insanely wild. He was first written about from an account of Henry Moore, which was written in his book called An Antidote Against Atheism. So his whole book was trying to prove that God exists by proving that demons and stuff exist. And he wrote this book in 1653. And he says the story of uh, Johannes starts in 1582. Okay. And I should say before I get too much into it, uh, trigger warning, because it's extremely graphic. Uh, he does a lot of horrible things to a lot of people, including children, and there are some instances of sexual assault. Good good call, by the way. Yeah. It's not too graphic, mm-hmm. just because it was written in the 1600s, and they weren't very um, descriptive then. Yeah, but still, the content warning's good. Yeah. Good to know. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you don't want to hear anything about this, uh, skip way forward and hear Erica's story at the end. Yeah. Okay. Johannes Cuntius resided in Pench, which is now a part of southern southwestern Poland. Johannes, okay. um, in life, he was a pretty wealthy man. He served as an alderman in his town, which is an elected council. He was highly regarded. He was like BFS with the mayor. Um, everyone like knew him. They thought he was like a cool rich guy. Is there such a thing? A cool rich guy? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. But it basically every, all accounts seemed like he was a good guy. Everyone liked him. He took care of his servants. He had many servants. But one day, Johannes, and this is when Johannes was, I think he was like 60 at this point. Which is already really old for being in the 1500s. But one day, Johannes and one of his servants were taking care of his property, doing chores. And he asked the servant to bring out one of his horses so they could fix a loose horseshoe. So the servant tied the horse to the post. And the men began securing the one leg they needed to fix. And suddenly, the horse started throwing a tantrum. And he kicked Johannes straight in the dick. (laughs) And he hit the servant as well, but the servant didn't have two bad injuries, but the kick to Johannes's groin was so bad that he just immediately fell ill for days. He couldn't he get out of him bed. right in the cuntiest. Right in the cuntiest. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> he immediately fell to the ground and he said, woe is me, how do I burn and all am all on fire? Uh. And Johannes became terribly ill and was in his bed for days and he began to he began to loudly complain that his sins were unforgivable and this at this point he was delirious and he claimed that his sins were worse than anybody had ever else done and that god would not save him but he did not specifically say what his sins were and everyone was very surprised by this because they thought he was a good guy like what mm-hmm. sins are you talking about and there were rumors that he may have sold his first son to the devil. Oh, well, that's a hell-worthy trespass. I know. Don't do that. But then people kind of put it together, and they were like, hmm, maybe he sold his son to the devil, and that's how he got so rich. 
Oh. His eldest son was with him when he died. Johannes died at 3 a.m. Just after he gave his last breath, the son claimed that he saw a black cat that clawed the window open, ran to Johannes in his bed, and began to brutally scratch at his face. As soon as his son rose to help to get the cat off his father's face, the cat just vanished. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know what that's about. I mean, I would have said, like, maybe that cat was just really starving, but... I mean, he, like, clawed open a window just to tear at this guy's face. Something about this dude. I know. And then as soon as he died, a great storm began to take form. And a hmm. day after the storm began, while they were making funeral while they were making funeral arrangements, uh, a woman in the town reported that she had been sexually assaulted by a ghost that took the form of Johannes. Huh. Yeah. So maybe was he doing that in in real life before he died? I mean, by all accounts, no. Yeah, but those sins that he would not speak of. Yeah. I mean, no one really knows. Wow. At the funeral, the storm was so bad that it, quote, made men's body quake and their teeth chatter in their heads. And these quotes are all from Henry Moore's book, which you can look up on Wikipedia. It's pretty uh, fun. It's fun to read. <laughs> yeah. Um, as soon as his body was in the ground, the storm just stopped. All of a sudden, the storm just, whoo, done. And then in the next few days, more rumors circulated of women that say they had been assaulted by some type of apparition, and some of the women said it looked like Johannes. One man in the town said he awoke in his own dining room. He saw a specter of Johannes who said to him, I can scarce withhold myself from beating thee to death. Ugh. The watchman of the town claimed that every night there was loud smashing noises from in, it, uh, smashing noises coming from the inside of Cuntia's house, and the horse in the stable were constantly being bothered. Along with the horses, dogs all over town were in a state of unrest, barking and howling all day and night. So once he died, he became a dick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what it seems like. Ugh. He became a Cuntius. Yeah, he did. One maid reported one night. Her and the other servants awoke to an incredibly loud noise that sounded like something riding about the house, shaking it so badly that she was concerned that the house would fall down. After checking outside, the master of the house found tracks of an animal that he could not identify. Townspeople also reported to hear similar sounds racing up and down the street. They said it sounded like a, quote, a wanton horse was so strong a trot that he made the very ground flash with fire under him. Mm. One of Johannes's friends reported that Johannes visited him in the middle of the night and asked for the friend to make sure that his eldest son got his inheritance. He then walked upstairs of the friend's house, and his footsteps became so loud that the roof swayed. Really? Mm-hmm. Now, I think, and this is just a theory, but I I'm pretty sure this guy is just bitter because he's dead. Yeah, maybe. I That's mean, him acting out because he, he didn't he, want to die so soon. He died because a horse kicked him in the crotch. I mean, wouldn't you be bitter, too? I would be so mad, but I wouldn't assault people. No, that does not excuse that no. at all. Nothing does. What did they do? Now, I could see if he were just, like, mad at horses forever. 
Yeah, and like he if decided, he killed like, all the horses in the town or something. Killed all the horses or, like, turned their food rotten. Yeah. Or, like, branded them or something. Yeah. To get back at horse kind, sure. But what did these poor old ladies do to you? <laughs> Nothing. A wagoneer who was an old acquaintance of Johannes reported that he was out in his own stables and Johannes accosted him and then started vomiting fire. And then he bit the wagoneer's <laughs> foot so badly that he developed a limp. Now, actual fire or, like, the way it feels when you ate some spicy tacos and then you throw it up? Oh, my God. Gross. <laughs> or, if, like, do fireball shots. That's nasty. Yeah. I hate fireball. I, I certainly don't like it coming up. Oh, nope. no. Have you ever puked spaghetti? Yeah, it's <laughs> never-ending. It's like you didn't chew. I know. Welcome to our podcast. We're I, gross. One time, one time, one time, I puked spaghetti all over the inside of my car. That was a rough time I of my feel life. Like, <laughs> I feel like I heard this story. It was bad. Before. And then, because I was, I was driving home from my friend's house um, in the morning. I was not drunk. Um, but I, ha I had work in like an hour and I was disgusting. I already puked like twice. And I had to go home, shower, get changed, and then go to work. And I was five minutes from my friend's house, and I puked all over the inside of my car. And then I was like, all right, I can either turn around, get cleaned up, and then be, like, really late to work, or I can just go home and clean up there. And that's what I did. So I drove, like, 20 minutes home, covered in spaghetti vomit. That's awful. And I made it to work on time. You were possessed. <laughs> By the, what, the flying spaghetti monster? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be our next episode, all about the flying spaghetti monster and how Jesse had a personal experience when she was possessed me. by it. I exercised him in the inside of my jeep. I mean, if we're, if, if we're on a side note about vomit stories, one of the worst things I ever saw was when somebody had thrown up, like, old Taco Bell. Oh my god. And it was, Yeah. And it looked like chicken because the tortilla wrapped around the meat. Oh, Erica, this is disgusting. <laughs> Stop. You can cut that out. <laughs> Sorry. I didn't need that visual. <laughs> you can just cut it out. We'll start. We'll start. For... I have so many more stories about cunty as being a cunt. Okay. Oh, I lost where I was. Oh, a parson of the parish, who was a clergy member of the local church, who was a friend of Johannes, reported he had horrible nightmares since his death, so much that he constantly felt tired and weak for days. At first, he didn't know what to attribute it to, until one night Johannes appeared and held him down and thrashed him in his bed. Which I don't really know what thrashing someone in their bed means, that's what the book said. Um, I imagine it's just like grabbing their shoulders and like... Shaking them a bunch. Shaking them. Yeah, that's what I That, imagine. or does he have, like, a, um, like a whip or a flogger? Well, it says he, maybe, maybe he held him down with one hand and, like, beat the crap out of him with <laughs> the other. That's what I'm saying. One of them. But he did viciously attack a member of the church in bed. Then, uh, Parsons, or the Parsons wife, his name isn't Parson. The Parsons wife reported a much more terrifying incident. She woke to the, wind, the sound of the window opening. And what she saw was what she said, uh, quote, a dwarf man 
with Johannes's face climbing through the window. Before she could get up, he jumped on her and wrung her neck so hard that she thought he was going to tear her throat out. Her two daughters heard her screams, came running to help her, and he vanished. I figured it out. What? It's, it's not, it's not, he's not just mad because he's dead. He's mad because he's dead and he came back two feet shorter. <laughs> well, no one else said that he was short or a little person or anything. I think he's just, I, well, I'll get to my theories on what he might have been at the end once I finish all these. Okay. Um, after Johannes died, his wife began asking her maid to sleep in bed next to her. Johannes appeared to them and told the maid to get out of his place and said that if she would not allow him to sleep there, he would strangle her. He then sexually assaulted his own wife, his well, who was now his widow, I guess. Oh, I know. The servants of the house, um, aside from the one maid, they began to sleep all in one room together because they were so scared. Um, it really sounds like most of these stories, the most terrifying, like shaking and the most constant assaults were in the Cuntius house and on his own wife. Um, so the servants were all sleeping in one room because they were so scared. One maid decided to sleep in her own room one night. And as she was sleeping, her bedsheets were ripped off of her. And she felt as if she were being lifted and taken away. She fought the unseen force and ran to where the other maids were sleeping. When she got there and turned around, she saw the visage of Johannes standing in a candlelight. And then he disappeared in a matter of seconds, which is like probably my worst nightmare. I, think. I mean, yeah. I mean, I feel like a ghost, let's say it's a ghost that isn't even there to harm you. That's scary enough to see the clear ghost of someone that you knew in life. But then add on top of that, he's violent and sexually assaulting folks. I know, like many people. One townsman was in his home with his family one night when they all started smelling a terrible stench. They tried to find the source of the stench, but they found that it was just as bad everywhere in their house. Eventually, they went to bed, resigned that they'll find it later. It's probably something dead under their house or something. And then the smell continued to increase as they were lying in bed. The husband and wife were in bed talking about like, oh, it smells really gross. What do you think it could be? And then out of the wall steps Johannes. He goes up to the husband and he, quote, breathes upon him an exceedingly cold breath of so intolerable stinking and malignant ascent as is beyond all imagination and expression. After this happened, the husband became ill and he could do nothing but lie in bed. His face and stomach began to swell, his breathing became faint, and his eyes inflamed and he eventually went blind. Ugh. Yeah, it's almost like he got poisoned by just how stanky Johannes's breath was. I don't think I've ever witnessed breath that bad. And this is how Johannes got the name as the bad breath vampire of Pench. What did he eat before he died? I don't know. But what? That's it? What a nightmare. No. Well, Henry Moore writes that there were way more stories. He said that he, it, as part of like the end of the story, he was like, if I actually filled a book with all the terrible things everyone in this town said, it would be like a collection of books. Because everyone wow. in the town had horrible stories, including, but not limited to, blowing out candles, drinking everyone's milk, sucking cows dry, turning cow's milk into blood, throwing poop, pulling up posts <laughs> in a ground that a horse could not, strangling old men, 
taking children out of cradles, continuing to assault women, poisoning water, killing dogs, chickens, and goats. All of that. I think he lives up to his name, man. This guy is a cunt. I know. Okay, and then there is a happy end to this tale. All of the haunting continued for about six months. It hurt all the business in town. No one wanted to stay there, lodge there, trade there. So everyone in the town just became impoverished, basically. That's not happy at all. They couldn't... Well, then... (laughs) (laughs) And the end. They all were poor and haunted till the end of time. Seeing no alternative, they began to investigate the cunt's burial site. They found many small holes which were in the ground about the size of a mouse. When they dug up the coffin, they found that the holes went all the way down through the door of the coffin. They tried to plug the holes up, but they found that the next day the the holes would be open again. So they decided to dig up the body, and then they found that the body was in a strangely remarkable condition. They said that his his, his skin and his joints were tender and not stiff, It basically was like he had just died yesterday. They said, like, blood still flowed from him easily. Wow. Even though he had been in the ground for six months. Huh. And so they decided, like, what would you do? Burn him? That's what they tried to do. (laughs) It didn't work. Oh, what? His body wouldn't burn. Fire cleanses everything. Not this fucker. So they had limbs. That's a see, you're thinking exactly like these guys. (laughs) So then they got the executioner to chop his body up, and that they were able to do that. And they cut it up to many, many small pieces. They threw him in the fire, and it seemed to burn a little easier. And then they threw the ashes in the river, and they never saw him again. Oh, good. So that actually worked. Yeah, it did work. Oh, good. Yeah. Well, that thank goodness there's a happy ending. How many people did he assault at the end of all that? Jeez. I mean, it was six months, and it was like every night, many like it was just constant. They should have brought him back just to burn him alive. Jeez. <laughs> I mean, he, well, it's weird, it, and the thing is, like at this point, there really wasn't like the word vampire wasn't used. Yeah, I think he kind of got the name vampire because he is kind of attributed as the first mention of a vampire like thing in like european culture interesting and i'd actually never heard of him before that was a good one thank you very traumatizing in terms of like i i never hear of a of a um entity that does that well it's just wild because i mean assuming that all of this is true the only reason i think like the stories that the I don't think it's a fiction because it was written 70 years after it happened, which isn't that long, I feel like. So yeah. a lot of the people, like these were firsthand accounts of everyone in the town and everyone in the town knew about it. Hmm. So, and it's it, like, it's just one guy that died. And all of a sudden, this town was just completely fucked for six months. So much so that they, like, felt the effects of it after because they were poor. And, like, so much of their town and houses have been, like, demolished. Well, not demolished, but, you know, fucked up. 
Well, now so much time has passed. Is there like does that town now still recognize what happened there? Uh, it doesn't exist anymore because it was Pench. S- oh God, Silesia, <laughs> which is not a country anymore. It's now Poland. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't exist. Um. So and once not- the boundaries changed or the name changed with it, went a lot of that culture probably. Yeah. Or a lot of yeah. Yeah. Okay. But here's um, Henry Moore describes him as a revenant, which is kind of the precursor to the vampire legend, mm-hmm. which a revenant's just a basically a zombie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then there's also theories that maybe he, um, after death, he like sold his soul to Satan for whatever reason or for for wealth, I guess. And then he became an incubus, which is why he was raping people. Interesting. Yeah. Yikes. I know. Well, now that we've had some nightmare fuel, do you <laughs> want to hear about a cute vampire, kind of? Sure. Um, this one comes out of Australia. And, and again, a very different name that I'm going to try not to completely mess up. It's called the Yera Mayahu. Yera Mayahu? Yeah. Yera Mayahu. What would you think that is? Um, uh, a Yera Mayahu. Yera... I'm imagining like a yak. No, but that would have been cool. <laughs> <laughs> so as everyone listening probably knows... Australia is terrifying because you have giant spiders, you have sharks, you have venomous snakes. A lot of the animals in Australia are totally geared to take humans out. Yeah, right. Now this story, it comes from Aboriginal lore. According to the cryptid wiki, it's a demon. Depicted as a short, frog-like red man covered in fine fur what with a disproportionately oh large Ugh. head my dog is like trying to get through my office door right now and i like i like heard scratching at the door and i turn around and all i see is like his like claws peeking through the bottom of the door <laughs> <laughs> i jumped a little bit it's okay the yaramaya who's coming to get me not quite oh no So, let me just rewind for a sec to give you more of an image. A short frog-like red man covered in... Yeah, he's like a little little short dude that's frog-like with how, like, pudgy his body is. I'm imagining Danny DeVito. Danny DeVito, covered in fine fur. Okay. With a disproportionately large head and octopus-like suction cups on its hands and feet. (laughs) Okay. This blood-craven fella has a particularly drawn-out and gruesome feeding process. He has a bulbous nose to sniff out his prey. These things live in fig trees, and they drop down onto unsuspecting passers-by. Oh my god. So they're just chilling, and then they attack. And it uses those octopus-like suckers to drain its victim until he or she teeters on the brink of death. It sucks its its blood out? 
Mm -hmm. But at this point, the Yeramayahu wanders off a bit before swallowing the person whole. Oh. And then it takes a nap. Same. (laughs) Right? After after the well-deserved nap, the creature regurgitates the human, who is alive, but a little bit shorter with a newfound red glow. Oh, I see. Mm-hmm. So get caught by a Yeramayahu Yerim, too many times and say hello to life as a tree-dwelling vampire yourself. Oh, okay. Now, it's said that the Yerima, Yer God, I can't pronounce this damn word. Yeramayahu attacks are avoidable if the wary traveler plays dead as they will only ambush living prey. Should you find yourself in desperate need of shelter with only a fig tree in sight, you would be best served to crawl under and pretend to expire, remaining motionless until nightfall. Once the sun disappears, they will be unable to leave their tree. Why? I I don't know, but there's also another legend, which we could cover another time. Like, something about, like, a night-dwelling, like, tree koala... Oh. Or, or no no um drop panda what are those things called drop panda something like that i can i can look it up what's a drop panda drop panda oh my god is I that what like... they're actually called drop oh. bear yeah oh well drop. wikipedia says it's a hoax oh but basically it's a predatory carnivorous version of the koala but it's Ew. a lot like this creature where it will attack you from a tree so like during the day you've got the yaramayahus and then at night you have the drop bears they sound like the same thing but maybe they're like cousins like species wise (laughs) yeah fictional scientific name thylarcotos plumetus yeah but i thought that was interesting (laughs) like like yeah vampires that drop from trees and not only do they feed but their point is to turn you into one too i'm literally seeing drop bear attack caught on film oh really i'm watching it okay they're walking through a forest Mm -hmm. there's three people shia labeouf (laughs) (laughs) one guy's like hitting trees with a stick Oh, it was a joke. Oh, okay. I was hoping it would be more exciting, but that's okay. <laughs> no, they just put in like a sound effect where the guy started screaming. Ah, uh, that's not nice. Unless, wait. It's still happening. It's still happening. There's more video. I thought it was over. A, di- a guy did start screaming. Oh my god, it happened again. See, I can't do those oh, things. If something wait, jumps he out. He didn't at me, start screaming. Apparently it's something in the video. Oh, so that's the, oh, the drop no. bear. Oh, and then he's dead. Okay. Yeah. That was bullshit. Well, I'm excited because I think it's about time for shitty cryptid of the week. <gasps> Do we should we have a jingle for that? I mean we could. Make one now. Go. Oh oh I'm singing it? Yeah. Shitty cryptid of the week. It's going to be terrible, but you will enjoy it. 
Eh, I give it a four out of ten. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not good. <laughs> like I was not a musical theater major. You want to try? You want to make a theme? No. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So this week's shitty cryptid of the week is brought to you by Pandora Danger. And this is our friend Amanda that we actually worked at the movie theater with years and years ago. But she is the coolest. She is a cosplayer, actress, and D&D player. Check out Pandora Danger on YouTube. She's definitely one of the coolest nerds I know. I've had the pleasure of working with her on Dark Current Cinema short films. Her channel includes incredible cosplays, nerd vlogs, reviews, let's plays, and a kick-ass D&D show called Roll to Die. Roll to Die. So, hi Amanda, and go check out her YouTube channel. Which thank will you, be, Amanda. Thank you, which will be listed in our episode description. Now I get to play with you. <laughs> Are you ready? I've been ready. Cool. Easter Island rotten baby scarf the rotten the rotten baby scarf of easter island the rotten baby scarf oh you haven't heard of the rotten baby scarf of easter island no tell me all about it okay give me a second (laughs) (laughs) i told it's hard to come up with this stuff on the spot okay 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 here's how the legend started some um let's say american tourists were traveling were were visiting easter island um on their honeymoon with their baby they're bringing their baby everywhere i have no idea where easter island is somewhere in the uk right i i don't know where it is but i know there's the giant heads oh yeah i know that what i know what it looks like but i don't (laughs) know where it is at well i assume it's on an island yes I guess. Oh my god, I'm stupid. It's okay. You can tell the story and I can look it up. Oh, it's in Chile. God, I'm oh. so dumb. <laughs> we need to educate ourselves a little oh better. Oh my god. Okay. What's so wild? Alright. The story stays the same. Two American tourists were traveling to Easter Island to see the Easter Island statues. They were uh, just married with their three-month-old baby. Obviously, the baby had been conceived out of wedlock. The heads of Easter Island, um, (laughs) their spirits came forth because they knew that this baby had been conceived out of wedlock. So they, using their um, powers of persuasion, persuaded the newlyweds to um, they, they filled the newlyweds with a sense of uh, romance, and they got really excited, and they decided to put their baby in the stroller for a couple minutes while they went off and found somewhere to make out and do other adult things. What great parents. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the stroller rolled down a hill while they weren't paying attention, and they eventually came back, you know, like three hours later. Oh my god, where's my baby? And they couldn't find it for the life of them. They couldn't find it. They searched high and low for weeks and they couldn't find their baby. And then when they found it, the baby was in a pond and it was rotten. And then they left because what are they going to do with a rotten baby? And the spirit of the baby still haunts Easter Island today. What? The scarf? 
Well, I'm telling you about the scarf. The spirit of the baby. I'm getting there. Still haunts the Easter Island today. And what happens was, what what happens is, if you visit Easter Island now, and you have um, some sort of lust in your heart, the spirits will recognize it. And the baby <laughs> will crawl up to your feet, and its scarf uncurls from its neck. And the scarf will slip up your pant leg until it reaches your genitals, and it'll strangle them. <laughs> and that's the story of the baby rotten baby scarf of easter island you know what that wasn't bad <laughs> i mean it's scary well it, what, what was cracking me up is when you're talking about the stroller or the carriage or whatever going down the hill i just imagine one of those old like early 1900s <laughs> and it just goes all the way down a hill and into the ocean <laughs> it fell in a pond yeah yeah it's like, like a, a perfectly circle pond on Easter Island. It's called Ranu Cow. That's oh, what look it at you putting historical facts into it. I brought up Google Maps. There you go. I know how to use it now. So don't go on vacation and make out with your person while your baby's unattended. If you go to Easter Island and you've had premarital sex, the scarf will strangle your genitals. Only virgins <laughs> are allowed on Easter yeah. Island. Yep. Very cool. I thought it was good. Yeah. Well, thanks for that. And, of course, we have to plug our social media because we want you... Oh, and that's another thing, too. If you're listening to this on Apple Podcast, definitely rate us and review us because the more reviews we get, the more ratings we get, the more people are going to listen to it. Yeah. Oh, okay. Cool. I like ratings. Yeah. So check into that. Give us five stars. Because you love us. And if you want to hit our social... Give us five stars because you hate us. Yeah, give us five stars because you hate us. (laughs) And check our socials over at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Everything's in the episode description. Thanks for listening, and we will talk to you next week. Bye! Bye!